Hello, and thanks for joining Wicker Park Lutheran Church Sermons. Wicker Park Lutheran Church is a diverse ELCA Lutheran congregation in the Wicker Park neighborhood of Chicago. We gather at 10 a.m. to fully live into our incarnational faith as we experience God's presence in the gathered assembly, and we welcome you to join us. In just a moment, you'll first hear with a gospel reading from the associated sermon for the service that you're about to listen to. We hope that that gospel gives you some context before you jump right into the sermon. Thanks for checking us out, and we hope to see you soon. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Judeans? For we observed his star at its rising, and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all of Jerusalem with him. And calling together all of the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it has been written by the people. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the Magi and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. And then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go, search diligently. For this child, and when you have found him, will bring me word so that I may go also and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. And on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, today as we gather, we have the joy of celebrating the epiphany of our Lord. And to put that another way, it's the manifestation or revelation of God's presence. Now, before January 6th became a part of our country's vernacular, well, epiphany had been celebrated on that date for almost 2,000 years. And at the epiphany, us in the Western church, we tend to remember and honor the Magi or the wise men. Now, in popular culture, well, oftentimes you'll kind of see a crash or a manger scene that has both the shepherds and the magi, and they're kind of all there all at once. But in reality, Jesus was not a newborn when the magi arrived, and the shepherds, well, they had already long gone back to their fields and to their flocks. But I think what is most striking for me today about this Epiphany reading is the knowledge of the Magi's 
vision of the cosmos and the stars and the planets. I mean, perhaps it's often because I don't get to see those things living here in the city. It's hard to see them. And so anytime that I can go to a place where I can see the stars and the planets, well, it is memorable and mesmerizing. It's the experience of seeing those tiny stars covering the entire sky. And then we have those little bit larger planets dotting the landscape. And then, and then depending on the time of the month, we get this big, large moon that dominates our sky. Pair that then with more of the released, uh, recently released images from NASA, the space telescope that is, is revealing the complexity and the beauty and the expanse of our cosmos. And, and I can't help but think that maybe these magi were on to something. For they noticed something larger than those of us who are consumed by city life and the political powers of our day. Now, I could go on and on and on in the sermon about who these magi were. Were there actually three of them? No, there was probably a lot of them. Were they only men? No, there was probably women too. Were they from the same country? No, they were probably from multiple countries. But the reality is, is that no matter who, what, or how many of these magi there were, the text is clear that they had seen an astrological event, and they knew that it had great significance. And so... These magi, well, they were curious. They were inspired. They were hopeful about this changing world and this new occurrence that they saw. And so they journeyed to the logical place for a new Judean king to be born. That is Jerusalem. So it was born in Bethlehem because, remember, the magi, they go and they go to Jerusalem. That's how they find King Herod right? King Herod is in Jerusalem. They get there, the logical place, and there they discover that the newborn king was not with the reigning king. Uh-oh, we got a problem. And that's when they asked the current king for directions to the new king. Big problem, right? Okay, let's put pause there on the story for a second. Let's turn to Herod. So Herod, this is Herod the Great, and he kind of has a reputation in the land. Now, he commissioned many different building projects, including the renovation of the second temple in Jerusalem. He also, well, he also has kind of a complicated religious relationship because he both supported Judaism because he was half Jewish, and he also would build worship spaces for other religions kind of see how this can get complicated. And then, well, one of the things that people did then and kind of still do now is they like to put their name on building projects. You know, it's kind of like the way that men pee, like when like dogs, they're like marking their territory. Men love to build big things. And that communicates power and wealth. By the same time, we built all these big, beautiful things, but Money has to come from somewhere. And so what we find is that historians cite that this is probably the cause of the serious impoverishment of the people that he ruled. On top of that, you might have heard of the slaughter of the innocents. 
And, you know, most historians agree that that probably wasn't a thing where, where Herod finally said, oh, kill all the people who are two and under in Bethlehem. But it, it really is very similar to what we would expect from Herod. I mean, he was bloodthirsty ruler, and he would commit any crime in the pursuit of his unbound ambition. So, as a quick recap, we have the Magi who see something new, and they're going to seek and explore and uh, support and cherish this new novel thing that will bring about justice in life. And then, on the other hand, we have Herod, who sought to destroy and to deceive and to derail anything new, anything that did not support his ambition, that supported his ideas, no matter what was best for the larger world. And you see, this is important for the Gospel of Matthew. Today we're here in chapter 2 of Matthew's Gospel, and over and over again, we will see that throughout all of Matthew's Gospel, there will be different reactions from different people to Christ's message and Christ's existence. And today, what we have reinforced for us is that God's presence is for all people, not just the rich and powerful, and definitely not just for Herod, but instead we are shown that our God is without borders, that our God draws together diverse peoples of different cultures, ethnicities, and religious backgrounds. For those magi came from very different places, and they descended upon the logical place, Jerusalem, to find out that it was in the illogical place, Bethlehem, that Jesus would be born. And then we will go on in Matthew's gospel, and we'll see this important theological concept is explored as Jesus will interact with different people who have varied physical and mental states. He'll also go, and he'll interact with sellouts, people who sold out to the Roman government so that they can feel comfortable He'll also talk with Jewish nationalists who will say that there needs to be only Judaism in this country. And Jesus will also demonstrate to us that honor, true honor, is not found in building projects that you can put up, but rather it's found in serving, in giving of yourself. Because in serving others, well, far often when we serve each other, what we find is we learn more about ourselves and our world than we even give to others. You see, what we will discover is that God will come in unanticipated ways with unexpected and sometimes uncomfortable messages. But all of that, all of that is to bring about God's vision of justice and love and peace. And the reality is that that will strike people to respond in very different ways. And so as we hear just today's story, leaving out the rest of Matthew, we get these two very different responses to a star in the sky and the birth of a baby. And having heard these two very different reactions, well, you see, what the story does is it invites you and me, it invites us to consider what our response would be. 
will change in something new cause us to react like Herod? Will it cause us to lead with ego and pride and destruction? Or will something new and unexpected bring about curiosity, bring us hope, bring us a larger vision, a vision that is expansive. Could our reaction be, about, uh, reaction be to respond to God's love and justice and peace instead of out of fear and pride and ego? But also, this story, that last verse of today's story, well, it also helps us to imagine what abundant life might really look like. For, I don't know if you caught it, that final verse that the Magi did not return to Herod as he demanded, but instead they got a vision and they went a different way. Well, what's interesting about this one little verse that's just snuck in there, and you could so easily read over it and be like, well, why are they telling me how they got home? Did they take the L? Did they take the bus? Did they take the camel? They probably took the camel. But here, that one little verse, it's teaching us about ethics and morality in one little verse. You see, for when those in power compel you to do something unethical or immoral, you disobey. You disobey. Instead, you help the most vulnerable and you stand up for what is right. And oftentimes, I think about those magi and how they brought gifts. Do we remember the gifts? Gold, frankincense, myrrh, gold kind of valuable, even in our own time. I often think how they probably used that gold, the Holy Family did, to then fund their escape to Egypt, to flee this ruler who was about to kill them and persecute them. You see, this Holy Family were refugees, political refugees, after, with a dominating Herod, seeking to do what he does best, end any threats. With all of that said, with the main chunk of our reading and the footnote, which is so important, teaching us about ethics and morality, I wonder what all of these things held together actually mean for you and me, right? I mean, we don't walk around with camels or on camels or next to camels, but I think that this still matters to us today. Because maybe what it looks like incarnate here and now is it looks like the brave individual who stood up to the most powerful person in the world and disobeyed his desire to overturn an election. Or maybe, maybe we are like the Magi when we support the work of our ministry partners who welcome refugees fleeing political violence. Or, or maybe we're like the Magi when we pursue upgrades to our beautiful historic building, but also our deeply inaccessible building, as we literally widen and welcome for all of God's children with the gifts that we have of time and treasure, you see, a Magi's response to God's incarnation, well, we could think of it endlessly, for it is those responses that help to bring about God's justice and peace and love for all people. And that... That, my friends, is what today is all about. You see, today we are offered the opportunity to notice how God is revealed in the ways that aren't that different 
from what we read. For our world looks remarkably similar, minus the camels. But today, today, what we know from our reading is that God has been and continues to be revealed in our lives and in our world. And then, here's the summary if you're, come back to me if I've lost you. Two more sentences and we're done. Because we have already seen and we know that God is revealed, then we have the opportunity, the opportunity to turn from our ego, from a fixed ideas, from selfishness, and instead to embrace, embrace the response of the Magi. A response rooted in God's justice, in God's awe, in God's opportunity. And so today, on this Epiphany Sunday, may we find just small ways, or maybe extravagant ways, to be a little bit like the Magi. Might we share God's love, not because we have to, but rather because we have been first loved by our God. Let it be so. Amen.